0: After my sermon last week, one of the, the members of the church and I were talking about it and, and he said, you know, I was thinking about your sermon, but I, but I kind of preached a, myself a different sermon. I was really curious, you know, what what sermon did this person hear? And, and the person said, well, you were talking uh, about resilience and how God gets us through challenging times and we can look back and hopefully develop a story and a deeper sense of faith of, of God working through us and really with us in in times of of trial. And he said, but the sermon that I preached to myself was about how God has called us, God challenges us, Christ calls us to follow Him in helping others when they're walking through really tough times. And I said, wow, that's a really good sermon. And I said, that's my sermon for next weekend. I want to sort of flip what we did last week. Last week was again on how God gets us through really hard times and we become more resilient in faith as we develop this story. But this week I want to think about the sort of the inverse of that and that is that when others are going through challenging times, God works through us for them to get them through that. And again, as a church, we're thinking about what this means for all of us. And last week was about reflecting on how we've been through so much as a church. And this week to maybe give some more shape to where we're, we're going, that we're called. We're called to be agents of God, the hands and heart and even mouthpiece of God in this world to help revitalize people's lives and even the community. But to get at that, I actually want to look at the story of Of Judah, again, we're looking at the story of Joseph as a whole, but I want to focus on his brother Judah this week When we first met Judah, you may remember this a few weeks back there were a bunch of brothers and they wanted to throw Joseph in a pit, but one had an idea and said let's not kill our brother Let's instead sell him into slavery. Does anybody remember which brother that was? That was Judah so Judah here, uh, instead of sticking his neck out for his brother, says, let's sell him into slavery and make some profit off of this. But now here towards the sort of the end of this story, the story, the roles have been reversed and, and Judah's heart has been changed. And so when, when Judah sees that, that Benjamin is the one who's going to have to stay behind, Benjamin says, and he doesn't recognize that it's Joseph, he says, you can't do this. Because you see, Benjamin is the beloved child of my father now. And my father already lost another beloved son. Uh, We can't, I I cannot go back and tell my father that, that Benjamin too is gone from him. And what shows that this is sort of this transformation is that right after this, Joseph begins to cry. And it begins a process of reconciliation, which is next week's sermon. What happened in Judah's life that moved him from somebody concerned about himself to somebody who was able to give up even his own life for his brother. Well, what happens is that Judah, Judah sorry, Judah, encounters some real heartache in his life. First of all, Judah loses multiple of his sons to death. And I can imagine a father who has lost his sons knows then the grief that his own father experienced. And he doesn't want to bring that grief back upon his father again. He's been transformed by these challenges to become a more empathetic person. He also, in a rather R-rated scene in the Bible, ends up having a really uh, sort of sordid affair and is humiliated in the whole community. He's been humbled. So he's become more open. He's had this transformation of his heart to the point, again, where he's willing to give up his own life for the sake of Benjamin. I wish I could tell you that the changes that we need in life, those, those things in life, those processes through which we become more loving, more empathetic, more willing to help other people, calmer, more patient, I wish I could tell you that they, they come about through beautiful fall days in which all the colors are pretty. But the Bible here points to a hard truth, and that hard truth is that the transformation that needs to happen in us, it's so often accompanied by and concurrent with real challenges and adversity in our lives. I think all of you, if I were to say, what are times in life where you really had some positive transformation in your life, uh, I'm willing to, to wait wager that for most of you it was connected with the real time of, of heartache and grief in your life. Now for me, one of the times in my life that was uh, more challenging was middle school. Anybody else here have bad memories in middle school? Right? Mm-hmm. And for me, and the way my district worked is that they, they uh, went through a process of redistricting. And so I actually had to start middle school twice. to go to one school and the next year go to another school. And each time I only went with about 10 to 20 kids that I knew in the new building. So I kind of had to start middle school twice, and I, I don't think that's fair. <laughs> But in the process, there was something that happened, and for the rest of my life, I've had a real sense of empathy and compassion for kids in that age of life, especially those that are socially awkward, because that's who I was. I wouldn't want to go back, but it shaped who I am. Again, in life, again and again, we see that it's the the challenging parts of life that really, like like that heat and pressure on coal, that sort of forces it into a diamond that that transform us but it's not just challenge alone because many of us have had times of real challenge in our life and there are plenty of people that go through real heartache they go through physical illness chronic illness they go through abuse addiction job loss they go through all sorts of relationship strain and change they maybe even see combat in the military or other terrible experiences And afterwards, they're not more open, loving, and empathetic. In fact, they're more bitter, jaded, and cynical. Just because we go through a hard time doesn't mean we come out as as more Christ-like people. No, very different paths can befall us when we go through tough times. I think one of the, the crucial differences is that when we go through a tough time, in order for there to be that transformation, we need somebody else to intervene, We need somebody else during that time of trial to reach out to us, to offer us a hand, to give us a word of just raw truth, to let us know, most importantly, that we matter and that we're beloved. For me, one of those people in my life was Mrs. Cleveland. Now, Mrs. Cleveland may actually have a first name, but she was Mrs. Cleveland to me. And she was a woman in my church and she was, uh, she was older and uh, she was also short. And I think she actually grew shorter in part because I grew taller, but I think actually she was getting shorter. So she was this really petite, small woman. And on Sundays, she would come up to me and she would ask me how I was doing. Now, at that point, I was a middle school boy. So I think my eloquent answer to how I was doing was something along the lines of, it's going fine. Maybe something like, I had a soccer game yesterday, or maybe something like, you know, I have a lot of homework. This was, the, this was the summary sentence for the ocean of emotion in my 12-year-old soul, right? But for me, at that point in my life, Mrs. Cleveland was really one of the only people that I knew that cared about me. And I went through a lot of days at that point in life. I knew my parents loved me, and I knew my family loved me but outside of my family i don't think that if i I don't think that i really had a sense that i mattered to other people and and there was mrs cleveland and i knew that she cared about me and that made such a difference to me in that time of life we used to have one person who i knew actually it mattered to them that i was there we all need that person that hand, that voice, that presence that becomes a vessel of God's love for us in those so difficult times. And that's where I think that we really come in. This is our calling as a people, as followers of Jesus Christ, that that this week you're all going to go out there and there's going to be people you're encountering and they're hurting and they're broken and they've messed up. But they need somebody. They need somebody desperately to pay attention to them and somehow let them know that they matter. I think it's fair to say that if, if transformation, again, requires a difficult time, then in the last three years, we, we've got the first ingredient, right? We've all got the long-induced trauma of the last three years. It's been there for all of us. But again, we, we need that, that positive voice. And one thing, though, that, again, in all of the ways that I could describe the the challenges of the situation we're going through, one story sticks out to my mind. And that is I was talking to a friend who's a residence life director at a local college. And he told me that normally for the whole year, he normally does one write-up recommending expulsion of a student. One for the whole year. By the end of September this year, he had written up eight requests for expulsion. Because the kids that are coming to college now... It's as if they missed a full year of maturity somewhere along the way. And they're just not ready for life together. And and teacher after teacher that I've spoken with has said, the students are back, but in terms of where they are, they're a year behind. And again, I could point out in every facet of, of every one of our lives how it's just different. And there are so many people right now that are truly struggling and so we have this profound calling as a church at this time and in this place to be the body of Christ. And as we leave this place Sunday after Sunday, to know that there's somebody out there who God has put us in their life to care for. you might say, Pastor, that sounds pretty good. Sounds pretty good. But, but quite frankly, I don't even feel like I have my act together enough. To be a vessel of God's love, right? I, I don't, I feel like I'm still kind of putting Humpty Dumpty together after the last couple of years, and I, I don't got it to give it to anybody else. I want us to take a look though now at the story of Judah here, who's going to do something for his brother Benjamin, that's ultimately gonna again have a chain reaction of profound reconciliation. Okay, Judah's somebody who has a young man. Made profound mistakes. He's got a past that he is not proud of. And in the present moment, in the present moment, his family has no food. He's had to travel to a foreign country to beg for food, and now his youngest brother has been arrested. That doesn't sound like an ideal situation. That doesn't sound like Judah's best life now. Judah is somebody who is a broken sinner who has a moral compass now finally, but is still lost. You see, the, the Bible, it's not a collection of stories of people who are always right, doing always the right thing, who have the clarity to just do it. The Bible is are these stories of people that are like you and me, and there, there are things that they have done that are sins, that they're not proud of, that they acknowledge are mistakes. Yet again, because of God's redeeming love, even in the most difficult of times, they're still able to be vessels of God's love. And so then, why do we gather? Why do we come to church? Well, in part, we come to church because we we need the Mrs. Clevelands of the world, and, and we need to be a part of a community. And perhaps church is one of the last intergenerational communities we find where we can come and, and we can, in a world that often feels so inauthentic and so harsh, can be in a place where we can care for each other and let each other know that we're, we're loved by God. But we also come because we need to hear the story of people like Judah, of people, yes, who were broken and, and sinful, yet they're loved and they're able to be agents and vessels of God's love in this world and to recognize then because of Jesus Christ Judah's story is our story and that's our story too that yeah there's a whole lot going on in our past and our present and anxieties of the future that don't all work out and they don't all add up yet we know when we hear this news that we're forgiven in Jesus Christ that we're beloved And that this week we're going to be sent out into a world filled with people who need, who need us to be that voice and that hand who lets them know that they too are the beloved children for whom Jesus Christ has given his life. Amen.